Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All righty. Welcome. We are live at Zoots Boxing Talk. The uh, big welterweight unification fight has just finished. But still don't know who the winner is yet. Taking an awful long time to add up these scorecards. So we're going to stay live until the scorecards are announced, and then I'll take a quick break and get all the uh, participants in. And Jimmy Lennon Jr. is going to announce the scorecards right now. So we're waiting to hear. Split decision, no surprise there. McKay, 116-112 for Keith Thurman. 115-113 Garcia. Good sign for Garcia since Thurman was read first. Lennon is milking it. Keith Thurman gets it. Split decision victory for Keith Thurman. Garcia made it interesting down the stretch those last few rounds, but I think Thurman's early lead is the decider. We're going to take a quick break at all the particulars set for you, and we'll be back with a post-fight show. Remember, we have a couple of boxes on a little later on in the show who is in action next week. But right now, let's take a quick break and get started.
now Cam tell us at what point the fight is ended. But anyway, it is another knockout for Marvin Hagler. He scored 36 knockouts now in 47 fights. He's won 44, lost two with one draw. And it is... Here's the announcement. Unable to continue. The winner by a knockout in the seventh round, Marvis, Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler, and they have decided that the knockout was in the seventh round because the sixth yeah, round has other. Hagler making a speech up there. I can't hear what he's saying with the crowd yelling. Hagler's got the microphone, and he's making some speech. Come over and repeat what you said for uh, television. I want Hugo Carl. I've been fighting all the best in the world right now. Now I know that I'm ready for Hugo Carl. Nobody has stopped Willie Warren. The man is tough. He fought Benny Briscoe, fought Seals, he fought Ed Formio. I can't figure how they get a shot with Ed Formio in there before me. But. I'm looking for Hugo Carl because I believe the man's a sissy. And I'll tell it to his face if I can find him. The man's a sissy. That's what I have to say. i like to say thanks to all my fans who come down and to all my fans in New Jersey, my son in New Jersey, my grandmother, and to the rest of the world out there. I will be the next middleweight champion. Thank I'll you. tell you this much. You fought like a champion. You That's threw okay. everything at him. He's tough. He's tough, as you Nobody know. All righty, we are back live. Zoots Boxing Talk, the boxing show where we bring you sweet science straight up with no twist. And a little bit later on, we'll have Wesley Tucker and Antonio Nieves, uh, both in action on March the 10th after we uh, break down the big fight as Keith Thurman wins this highly contested unification battle via split decision. Scorecards in his favor were 116-112. 115, 113. One judge scored the fight for Garcia, 115, 113. I thought it was an interesting fight. Uh, first four or five rounds, very high octane. Uh, I thought, uh, with the exception of round two, which was close, Garcia was uh, losing big time. I thought Thurman was outclassing him, outlanding him, and uh, winning. And then, uh, second after the fight, it got a little bit more interesting in the sense where it got a little bit more dull. Both guys were a little bit more apprehensive, especially Thurman. I thought both guys were missing a lot. I thought Thurman did enough to hold on to his lead, but he certainly made it very interesting to let Garcia back in the fight where I feel he really didn't have to. Uh, both of these guys uh, missed a lot of punches. I, I guess you give kudos to their defense on that, although early on, Garcia, uh, I thought, uh, was... Uh, kind of wary of that right hand and he started getting comfortable he got hit with a couple of big shots but no fighter really seemed seemed to be hurt uh wasn't the greatest thing in the world but the the fact that it was on free tea for everybody to watch uh ron christian is here with us was going to be uh hearing from barbara Panella from ring news 24 soon she'll be calling in at some point, uh, but and anybody else who wants to call in and get in on, on this one five one five six zero five nine seven three two five one five six zero five nine seven three two is the call in number. Split decision, Mr. Christian for Keith Thurman. What say you? What did you think? Well, I thought Keith Thurman won. 
Although I have to tell you, as I scored it round by round, I did a terrible job, as I usually do, and I called four rounds even because I couldn't figure it out. And uh, I had it 116-116, a draw. But overall, I thought, just looking at the fight, I liked Keith Thurman. Garcia never landed it, which I was counting on him to do in my prediction for Garcia win. Uh, so uh, I, I would have been happy with a draw. I would have been happy with a Thurman decision, which I was. Um, you know, I have to defer to you, despite your absolutely terrible uh, thoughts about Deontay Wilder being uh, performing classily in his defense. You you call this fight right. Thurman was the superior fighter tonight. What, 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 what's that again, amount. Ron? What's that again, Ron? I didn't hear quite hear that. Can you say that a little louder, please? You, you need me to. You need me to uh, give you more credit. Zoo. I, 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 I'm being. I'm not. I'm being honest. I didn't hear what you said. After you killed me about Wilder, you kind of faded out. What, what was that you said? Uh, no. I mean, first of all, Wilder <laughs> was terrible, and you thought he was good, but you certainly predicted this fight correctly. Uh, I predicted it incorrectly, though I never had a lot of confidence in the prediction. Uh, I, I, like I told you before the fight, 51-49 Garcia, and it turned out to be more like 55-45 Thurman. I, ho- I hope you right. have some other voices on. Yeah, well, we're waiting to see. I'm seeing if Zach is calling in. Barbara Pinella from Ring News 24 will be coming in. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And I have a couple of guests uh, slated uh, a little later on. So, uh, you know, sorry, we'll, we missed. We'll go from. Why didn't we get Fonfara, I wonder? Yeah, that, that, that's one of the, the odd things. When they started with uh, Erickson Lubin, I was like, what's going on here? They're going to have three fights. There's no way this is going to end at 11 o'clock unless they're, all look, unless they're anticipating a first round knockout. I mean, I, I I didn't get it, and uh, lo and behold, and not really knowing, uh, Fonfara Dawson already happened, and it sounded like it was a pretty good fight. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if they're going to replay it somehow. If we could catch it, it was a fight I was interested in, and uh, we didn't get to see it. So, uh, odd. I thought that was an odd choice, uh, to be honest with you, but. To put Lou, but I thought that was a good, uh, solid 175 pound fight. But hey, uh, Lubison looks like I mean, you know, highlight real knockout. Good for the kid to have it on uh, network well, television and all, you, though, all of that. Is this? Let me just ask you: Is this not symptomatic of the problems of boxing when they put this young kid who won the the preliminary fight? They put him in against a guy who's never beaten anybody significant, who's been on an 18 month layoff, and this is the title eliminator to fight Charlo. So once again, we're confronted by less than optimum fights. I was bemoaning that the other night, by the way, on WBC, how they even predicted, how they even gave Danny Garcia the WBC title to fight Robert Guerrero, who did not deserve to be in a title fight. And then now the WBC has come up with Bermain's Deverne, as being the mandatory challenger for Deontay Wilder, which means we have to go for another period of time without seeing Deontay Wilder fighting a great fighter. Another bum, actually. I I hate to use the word bum, but a guy who does not deserve to be in that 
position. Boxing is just crazy. Al, it certainly uh, can make you scratch your head. Uh, but uh, you know, getting back to the the fight uh, at hand, Garcia and uh, Thurman. I mean, the four rounds, even wrong. I mean, uh, you know, good, good thing you're not a paid professional. But you know, I again. Uh, I thought the scorecards were, I mean, 116, 112, 115, 113 for Thurman, I, I thought was a pretty correct score. Uh, Me you know, too. First, first, nine, first nine rounds, uh, you know, round, uh, there, there was, I think, maybe two, round six and round two, you could have, I mean, round, round six was a, a good Garcia round. Round two was close. You could have given it to him. But, uh, you know, until... You know, up until that point, before Thurman started going on his bicycle, he kind of did a Lamont Peterson uh, impression yeah. in the first eight rounds of that fight. Instead, here only the first nine, and you know, twelve was an interesting round. I, you know, I, but I, you know, one fifteen, one thirteen, Garcia. I'm not so sure if that's a good scorecard. What do you think about that? I I can't even see that score. There's no way, even being a generous Philadelphia guy that I could give that fight to uh, Danny Garcia. Uh, but what, what did you score the fight? I, again, I'm going to tell you, I scored it 116-116. And when I looked at the score at the end of it, I knew I had scored too many rounds even. Even rounds are terrible. I hate that. But I scored four rounds even because it was so close. Uh, what did you score it? How did you score that fight? Because I thought Thurman won. My sense was Thurman won, but I still scored at 116-116. What did I you had score the, it? I had the same scorecard as uh, Dave McKay. Once, and I, I believe this was his scorecard. I was setting up the show as they were reading it, but I think he had the 116-112 for Thurman. Eight rounds to four for Thurman, I thought was a good scorecard, and that was my scorecard. Wow. That's pretty one-sided. And I and I do not disagree with it. I like your scorecard better than mine from an instinctive standpoint. But Thurman, by no nah. stretch, dominated Danny Garcia. He beat him though. Yeah, I Thurman mean, uh... did not land the big punch after the first. He landed big punches in the first round. Never again. Right, right. And, and Danny and I, I was told, never I, right. able to be land big. Right, and I told you guys that you know everybody who was going for Garcia on the on our pre-show felt that only you know if Thurman doesn't get that big shot and stop him or hurt him, you know it's going to be a Garcia winning a chess match. And I told you that that was not Thurman's only way. I mean, he certainly did not. And, you know, he visibly landed that good shot early. I don't think he ever really hurt Garcia. I was surprised. And I told you I didn't think that Garcia would get stopped in this fight also. So I I had a couple of home runs on that preview show. I, I think Garcia is a big, strong, durable guy, even though he fought a lot of his career at 140, and I did not think that Thurman was going to knock him out, and he didn't. Uh, he didn't really hurt him all that much, but uh, I think in the first nine rounds, when Thurman was trying to win rounds, he won clearly won seven rounds. It could make an argument eight 
And then the last three rounds were, uh, you know, a little bit won by Garcia, a little bit by default. And that, that's how I saw the fight. But, no, yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. dominate, beat him up. But, no, but I think he was clearly the more cerebral, skilled fighter. He, he landed the better punches. The, I think the right uppercut that he was landing on Garcia a, a few times in that fight uh, was a, a, a punch where you get a lot of uh, you know star points for that. It's very hard to land a consistent right uppercut on a skilled guy like Garcia without getting popped. I thought Darman uh, uh, was fainting well, and uh, Garcia was pretty much trying to bank on the hard counter shot. And then when he was stalking Thurman, he really couldn't get in with anything hard. He was trying that body punch. He was trying to do a Luis Colazzo impression, and it never came. Yeah. Uh, I have no uh, counter-argument to what you just said. Danny Garcia never landed a big shot during the course of the whole fight. Not a big shot. That would have been cool to see how Thurman would have taken one of his best left hooks. But that was Thurman. I mean, that's Thurman's credit. Thurman avoided the big punch. And uh, I've got nothing but credit for Thurman. I've always liked Keith Thurman. A good fighter. Uh, Your prediction incredibly was correct. Um, Incredibly. Uh, I'm shocked, actually, that other analysts agreed with me that Garcia would win because Garcia was certainly an underdog in this fight. And uh, tonight, for the first time in his career, he deserved to be an underdog. Right. Well, and, uh, on the show, we, on the show we did run. It was a kind of a small sample size. I think if you look through, and I, I, I even put a thread on my Facebook page uh, today. Uh, if you polled thirty guys, I think you would get fifteen or sixteen for Thurman, and uh, you know the rest for Garcia. Uh, I think people were reading this fight wrong in terms of uh, analyzing Thurman, though. That he would not, his only chance to win was by knockout. He didn't have the skills. Uh, I, oh. you know, and, I, and I told you, I thought that was, uh, you know, not, you know, not in keeping to what Thurman was. Uh, those who were picking Garcia, I, th- I think a lot of people were picking Garcia, and then you get that little pride thing. The Philadelphia guys are going to go with Garcia, that kind of a thing. I saw a lot of that. On uh, social media, Thurman is kind of an oddball, rubs a lot of people the wrong way, uh, although I don't know how you could uh, morally pick Danny Garcia with what his father always does, but it's a whole other story. So uh, I just think the, the, the fight was such where people thought people who were picking Thurman were, were picking him for the wrong reasons, that he was going to blow out Garcia with his power. And Gar- people who were picking Garcia were picking Garcia for the wrong reasons, that he had the better boxing skills and would outbox him for over 12 rounds. I, 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 think that, I think the reasons why people were picking these fighters were a little off. Uh, hell, you may be wrong. I, I mean, you may be right about that. Uh, it was a cool fight in that there were plenty of reasons to vote for either guy. Most people did predict. Uh, we're with you in terms of a, uh, a Keith Thurman win. Keith Thurman was favored to win that fight. And uh, and he truly did. He deserved the win, despite my scorecard, which I still don't understand, actually, other than the fact that I 
pick too many rounds even. I thought Thurman won the yeah. fight. And uh, yeah, that's I kind of all... be a great... Yeah, I, no, I not... don't really. Yeah, I don't really try and score fights that much anymore. Anyway, I, I did for the purposes of coming on the air for this fight. Uh, but I, I'm just the opposite. I I kind of go out of my way not to score even rounds. And if I have more than one even round in any fight, I have to score. I I I just don't me like too. it. It bothers, it bothers me. I, I mean, it reminds me of the Hagler Duran fight. Uh, which I think is overstated as a, a fight that Hagel almost lost. I thought he won a lot, you know, 10 or 11 rounds in that fight or a 15 round fight. It's a pretty decisive win in my book, but one of the official scores of that fight, I think he had like seven rounds, even a Japanese judge, uh, forget his name. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of, kind of odd, but you know, if you truly think a fight is uh, a round is even, Round is even, and when Garcia started, uh, you know, becoming the guy moving forward, and Thurman was kind of like backtracking, doing a little De La Hoya uh, Trinidad moment, if you will, I started envisioning, well, they're either going to give Garcia this fight, or maybe they'll call it a draw, but uh, Thur- yeah. Thurman better wake up, Thurman better wake up, but uh, I didn't get to see the scorecard, that, the rounds in, certain, in terms of what rounds were given to on his 115-113 victory, but I mean, uh, you know, even you know, you give him, you know, I guess if you give him the the, the last three rounds in the second and the ninth, that's five rounds. I'd be hard pressed to find another two rounds for him. Uh, I mean, I, I can't figure out how Danny Garcia wins seven rounds in that fight. Although uh, it fight. wasn't an overwhelming Thurman victory. Won the fight. Thurman yes. won the fight, and I'm I I. I'm embarrassed by my final scorecard of 116-116. Thurman won that fight. So I concede to you, very temporarily, (laughs) uh, your supremo... And I'm talking very temporarily, by the way. I give you very little credit on this. Uh, You favored the favored fighter. You weren't saying that. You favored the favored fighter, uh, (laughs) Zeus. And the three of us who came on with you favored Garcia, who was right. the on-favorite fighter. Just because he had done such a good job in his previous on-favorite role, we we uh, screwed that up. Right. I, I think I deserve a little bit more credit than that, though, Ron. Not only did I fa- I told you exactly how it was going to happen. And I told you Thurman was not going <laughs> to knock the guy out. And I told you Thurman was not going to knock Sorry. the guy out. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you a little bit of credit for that. I mean, you did 10 minutes ago. I don't know what changed your mind. But I give uh, you credit. Anyway. I give you credit. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't need credit. I completely squelch you. No. That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll have another chance to uh, disagree with each other, I'm sure, when we have a new, a new fight coming up. But what about the fight itself? I mean, I, I thought the first three, four rounds, especially, we were in, we were going to be in for a fight of the year candidate. I don't think we came Me close too. to that. I don't think we came close to that after about round five or six, and a lot of rounds were being orchestrated by booze from the Brooklyn crowd. I mean, I'm not sure if that was warranted, but uh, overall, what, 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 what do you think of the fight as an entertainment piece? Oh. Uh. No more than a five, a rating of five out of ten. Uh, the truth was, after the first round, when Danny Garcia got really nailed, I mean, he got hit and hurt, 
I'm convinced he was badly hurt in the first round. Couldn't give uh, Thurman more than a 10-9 round. That was a big round for Thurman. But that never happened again through the whole fight. So, no, that's not even a near-candidate fight of the year. I agreed with you. I thought that fight had, wow, these guys are going to kill each other. They're going to hurt each other. Danny Garcia never hurt Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman never again. There were some body shots, I thought, that that Danny Garcia hurt uh, Thurman, but nothing Mm -hmm. big. Yeah, I thought nah. the, I thought Thurman I thought Thurman hit him with a couple of hard shots that might have hurt somebody else, especially some of those right uppercuts. Uh, but you know, nothing nothing like what he did in that first stanza. You're right about that, and uh, it, it just uh, you know he, he's a cerebral fighter, I guess you could say. He was uh, not going to get caught. I, I I thought that was Garcia's best chance to win was to get. Uh, you know, Thurman cut or hurt or, or some kind of damage done to a nice counter shot, which, uh, which like you said, never happened. But what, so what are do you, you think waiting, about the... Are you waiting... This is my question. Are you yes. waiting for Errol Spence, Kell Brook, to win their fight and fight the winner of this fight? And who wins? I would, I would sign on for that right now. I would sign on for that right now. The Keith Thurman facing the winner of Brooke Spence, I, I would love that. Would you not? Jesus. Well, are we yes. going to... Does, that, know, mean question you, does, in... <laughs> does that mean you, you want it? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll stand I mean, up who, and salute who, who, I'll sing the Star Spangled Banner for that fight. I must tell you, though, I will refrain right now from doing any kind of a prediction, however, uh, who wins. Because I, 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 right now, as much as I love Spence, I think Brooke is a tough fight for him, and I have to study them more uh, before I can even predict that fight. So I'll have to get back to you on that. But we do have a caller, a new caller in, Ron. So uh, let's get this caller up on, uh, on air, and maybe they can answer your question more clearly. I don't know. Caller from the 626 area code. How are you? 626 area code, you're up. Oh, hi, it's Barb Pinella. Hey, Barbara Pinella, beautiful, from uh, ringnews24.com. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing wonderful. And uh, Ron Christian is on with us. I think you two were on a, a show together once before, but it's not say hello to each other. Hi, Ron. Hey. How you doing? Hi. Ron's a little distraught since I was such a clairvoyant tonight. He hates when I get things right. I'm not quite sure why, but he does. <laughs> but, uh, Ron, I'm going to give uh, Barbara some time, and then you could chime in for a second. But, uh, Barbara, unanimous deci- – I mean, sorry, split decision victory should have been unanimous in my yeah. book. Keith Thurman over yeah. Danny Garcia. I thought the first nine rounds was clearly Thurman. Uh, I gave him one – actually gave uh, – Thurman the second round as well, but I could see Garcia winning that second round. I gave Garcia the sixth round. I thought that was his best round of the entire fight. Kind of odd strategy, I thought, for Thurman in those last three. I thought uh, those was not even close to being enough, and I thought Keith Thurman, while maybe not dominant, was the clear winner. What do you think? Absolutely, without a doubt. I I was a little nervous about New York, and I saw him the clear winner as well, 
when they said split decision, I was very worried because you never know how they're going to see it. I'm thrilled that someone won that fight. I mean, it kind of like makes you think because, I mean, and I texted Ron this around, I think towards the end of round 11. I said they're going to wind up giving Danny this fight if Thurman doesn't have a big round in 12 because, you know, the history of Garcia with the Herrera fight especially and with the Peterson fight, although I could see him winning that one, you know, there's just something about Danny Garcia where, you know, he gets these kinds of fights and they just, they were talking about the Trinidad uh, De La Hoya fight and a lot of it I thought was reminiscent I thought that was another terrible decision uh, uh, but you know and, and oddly enough as a side note I, 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 never, I did not realize there were only two other welterweight unification fights where both fighters were undefeated uh, Curry McCrory and uh, Trinidad and De La Hoya which I did not know that I would have never guessed that I would have figured there were at least one or two others but uh, there you go but uh, you know <laughs> Nevertheless, we did have one uh, judge figure out seven rounds for Danny Garcia on the 115-113 scorecard, but uh, I'm not sure what quite what they were watching. But uh, you know, when you, like you said, when you said split decision, it was a little troublesome, especially since they gave they read the Thurman score first. And uh, you know, typically the guy who gets the, the the score read first. I mean, I have no statistics for this, but I always recall. The, the Hagler Leonard fight where they called the Hagler score first, and uh, usually that, they, they, but uh, they got this one right finally. They, yeah, I agree. They got this one right, and I, I with you, I don't know where they found that many rounds for Danny. He's a good fighter. He didn't show it tonight. I thought Thurman dominated him, and I thought it should have been a UD, but he won, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, and I, I thought it's, uh, I thought especially in the second half of the fight, both fighters were missing a lot. They were swinging and mm-hmm. missing, and they were and not just barely missing, missing a lot. The way Marcos Maidana made Floyd Mayweather miss a lot in that first fight, and gets absolutely no credit for. But uh, you know, was that uh, a tribute to the, both fighters' defense uh, or what? I mean, I was surprised, especially since we had such a uh, very uh, high octane first two, three, three, four rounds, especially that uh, both of these guys were missing a lot. Did you worry a little bit that Thurman might have punched himself out in the beginning, just a hair? Oops, did I lose you? Hello, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I could see that point, uh, but I, while I was watching the fight, I, didn't, I wasn't worried about it, but I just thought that he was trying to protect the lead. But, I mean, you could certainly make the case for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, you, if you're gassed, the last thing you could do effectively is move laterally, I would think. And yeah. he was moving yeah. laterally well. He just wasn't connecting well, so I don't know. True, that's true. They, the, the thing that also made me a little nervous, and I don't know if it strained his, changed his strategy, was when his corner told him, you're going on with both the belts. I thought, maybe that's not the thing to say to him. Um, right, because right. then I felt he, did, he was protecting a lead that they indicated he had, and that's a little risky, but it worked. So. 
Yeah, that that's an excellent point, and it brings me back to the the third Marquez Pacquiao fight where I thought Marquez was a clear winner, and uh, Nacho Bernstein, Mar- Marquez's trainer, got a lot of heat for telling. Uh, Marquez, he was ahead in the last couple of rounds, and it, it's odd that you know it, the, the, that kind of thing is always strange. It's kind of like a, a Rorschach test, so to speak, where everybody always sees it differently. I mean, De La Hoya gets hammered for people say running in those last three rounds against Trinidad, where he had a big lead, but uh, in, in other cases, fighters get praised for it. Why, you know, you got the fight one, why risk it? So it's it's kind of odd. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a pick and choose moment, whoever's actually doing it. But uh, I don't think that's Keith Thurman at his best with that lateral movement, uh, where he is not trying to commit to the pocket, and that's what I saw in those last three rounds. Ron, Ron I'm going to open you up again. Uh, what do you think about all this? Ron, you there? I think we I'm lost sorry, Ron. I had to take you off the mute. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I could, sir. Uh, Keith Thurman won the fight. I called it a 116-116 draw, which is only testimony to my inability to judge a fight. At the end of the fight, I said, Keith Thurman won this fight. It was close, but it wasn't uh, by any stretch arguable. Keith Thurman won. Uh, He landed. Danny Garcia never landed a big punch. Not in the entire course of that fight did Danny Garcia land his best punch. And, uh, And in fact, Keith Thurman landed a number of his best punches. So I thought it was pretty clear cut that uh, despite the fact that I can't score a friggin' fight, apparently, unlike Harold <laughs> Letterman, who was never wrong, uh, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I admit I am not, I don't have Harold Letterman's incredible ability to call every fight. Uh, Keith Thurman yeah, I mean, won the fight. Yeah, I would be interested to see what Harold thought. Uh, Barbara, we did not really speak beforehand, and I don't recall seeing your prediction if you did make one beforehand. But going into this fight, did you favor Thurman? I did. I I did favor Thurman. Um, trying to now, be totally you... impartial, which was hard, Thurman could outbox him and frustrate him a little bit. Yeah, that's how I kind of saw it. A lot of Thurman uh, predictions though, were based on the fact that he would knock him out, which I didn't think was going to happen. Uh, so uh, interesting uh, on that front. Uh, what did you think of the fight overall? I mean, the second half of the fight got a lot of boos from the Brooklyn crowd. Did you think those boos were warranted? Did you think it was a dull fight in the second half of the fight? I didn't think it was a dull fight. I wasn't sure if they were booing because obviously it wasn't as fast as the the few rounds in the beginning, or if they were maybe dissatisfied with what they were seeing in Danny. I'm not really sure where the boos were coming from. I wasn't bored. I I thought those 12 rounds went pretty quickly from a viewer's point of view for me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a fight I'll definitely watch uh, again. And to me, it has high replay value, although I don't think it's worthy of a, a fight of the year uh, candidate. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly didn't think the wo- the boos were warranted by my uh, fellow New Yorkers, assuming most of those people in the crowd were New Yorkers. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. But uh, and Ron brought up a point about the future of the welterweight division, which looks bright. We have a stellar fight with uh, Spence and Brooke uh, coming up, and uh, Ron and I, I mean, and, and this is, I mean, how could you not want this? Thurman fighting the winner of that fight. Uh, you know, Brooke Spence to me right now is an even fight. I know. As much as I love Spence, I, I think Brooke is that good. So I'm not willing to lay down a prediction yet for that fight. Uh, and I don't really predict a lot anyway. I only predict on certain points. And when I do pr- predict, Mr. Christian knows how, how good I am. But uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, move, moving forward, the, what do you what do you think? Do you think, look, I mean, Thurman only fought once last year in a big uh, a fight uh, uh, just as big as this one, although Proto was not undefeated. Are we going to get to see one time, more than one time in a calendar year? <laughs> you know, I hope so. Um, uh, I think he's he's a little bit better when he's a tad more active than one fight a year. Um, and if, if depending on when they make the fight of the winner of the other fight, when they get that made, I would like him to fight once before that fight for all those belts. But um, I don't know. They they don't ask me, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's certainly one thing at a time. I mean, uh, I don't think this fight warrants an immediate rematch or a rematch at all, although with the split decision, I don't know what the contracts were like. Uh, If there is a rematch clause, I didn't hear anything about that beforehand, but uh, we're going to, you know, close this segment soon. I'm going to get to Wesley Tucker in a few minutes, but... uh, Good as place as any to end with this, and uh, I'll start with you, Barbara. Is uh, would you want to see a rematch uh, next before Thurman moves on? I mean, uh, I don't want to influence you, but I sure as hell don't don't want to see that. But what do you um, think? <laughs> you don't influence me. No, I wouldn't be interested in a rematch either. Uh, I don't think there's anything to prove. I think Thurman can move onward and upward. And uh, you know, look, Danny, Danny's not going to go to the bottom of the barrel. But I don't think we need to see the fight again. All right. And uh, just one second, Barbara. I want to get some closing thoughts from you. Uh, Ronnie, you still with us? I think Ron is partying. All right. So I don't think Ron is with us anymore. He's uh, probably drowning in his sorrows because he got this one wrong. <laughs> but, uh, Barbara, uh, before we go, uh, contributor, Wonderful contributor to ringnews24.com all the time. They had a big uh, card, uh, Bob Day and you know, those guys over there and uh, overseas. Big card tonight that I did not get to see. David Hay, I know Bob Day's big man. David Hay went down. He's probably drowning in his sorrows right now because of that. Did you get to see that card? No, I couldn't see the fight. I, I couldn't find a channel to get it on. Um, but I was yeah. really surprised when I heard Hay lost that fight. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. All right. Well, hopefully I didn't spoil it for you. But uh, hey, no, lost. No, That's no, all. No. I'll, I'll tell I you. Heard, I'll tell you right I now. I heard that, that he'd lost. So, but I didn't know how or why. 
Yeah, I think he got stopped late. I, I didn't see the fight either. He lost. He, I think he sustained some kind of an injury in the middle round. But uh, you know, I, I can't do those stream things on my computer. Uh, those, those things are just a little too risky for me. I had problems with them in the past, so uh, I, I unfortunately I, I missed it. But uh, what what can we find out from you in terms of what you're working on next? What what you have you have anything coming up on the, on the website? You working on anything for Ring News 24 coming up soon? Um, you know, I have. I'm trying to set up a couple of more interviews. Um, there aren't any fights, big fights, in my area that I can attend for probably another couple months anyway. And then this later spring and summer. They all start to pop up, and I have a lot to go to. But um, I'm not, I can't go to Texas. I can't go to Vegas. So it makes it a little tough most of the time. Um, but I've got a couple of uh, – Danny Roman is a nice, good young kid coming up that I want to do an, an interview on. Um, and some others that I'm trying to figure out what would work for the website the best. So – all right, good stuff there. Now, the last question I have for you is uh, the fact that we didn't get to see Fonfara and, and Dawson. It was, sounded like it was a really good fight that uh, Fonfara was losing and rallied from behind and uh, was not on the television air. Uh, wasn't on part of the CBS card. We got Erickson Lubin, Erickson Lubin which obviously is a fantastic knockout, but... Uh, were you surprised that we didn't get that fight? Uh, were you looking for that fight like uh, Ron and I were? I was a little disappointed, yeah. Um, I thought they would put it on, but Fanfar is a good fighter. Um, I think he's fun to watch the few times I've seen him. Um, so, yeah, I was a little surprised. All right, well, if you want to hang out, i got a couple of boxes coming on. We're fighting on uh, March the 10th. Up first will be uh, Wesley Tucker. If you want to come on and ask some questions, stay on and ask some questions. You're uh, certainly welcome to. If not, if you got to get out of here, now's the time for some closing remarks. Barbara Pinella of ringnews24.com. You know, I, I hate to do it to you, but I do have to. Um, I've got a, a bunch of stuff to do yet tonight and <clears throat> got to get up about 5 in the morning. So... I am going to have to sign off, but it's always fun to be on with you, and I hope you invite me back. Oh, definitely. We'll do it again soon. Uh, um, invitation right now when we do our uh, Triple G Jacobs panel. I want you to be on that if you can. I'll give you more details off the air. But that's the next time we're going to have a big pre-fight show. You weren't part of the pre-fight show for this one, but I want you to be part of it for that one. I'd love that. All right. Barbara Pinella, you have a good rest of your evening. You too. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a good night. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and hopefully we'll have Wesley Tucker on right after this.
All right, welcome back to Zoot's Boxing Talk and moving right along here in this uh, special post-fight edition, Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia. We switch gears a little bit, and our next guest is a professional fighter with a record of 13-0, and eight knockouts. He's going to be in action on uh, Friday, March 10th against Edward Williams. Fight taking place in MGM Grand, Detroit, Michigan. MGM Grand, Detroit in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, well-to-wait Southpaw, Mr. Wesley Tucker. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. How you doing tonight, sir? And thank you for coming on. Uh, I know it is a busy time for you. We appreciate some of your uh, thoughts. No problem. Well, first, before we get into your fight, uh, what do you think of the, the big main event? Danny, Keith Thurman, split decision win over Danny Garcia. What were your thoughts? I thought uh, Keith Thurman, you know, pulled it out on all the scorecards. I thought he was up like three to four, three to four rounds. He was, you know, more busier. But, you know, Danny Garcia is a great fighter also. So, you know, he did an excellent job as well. You're a rising prospect in the welterweight division, and yet you have an important fight uh, coming up. Obviously, the welterweight division, one of the hot uh, divisions in uh, boxing, but uh, in some of your fights, uh, you weighed in a little bit above the 147-pound limit. Uh, do you anticipate uh, staying at welterweight, or do you have any plans of moving up uh, to a heavier weight? No, I plan on staying at 147 for the majority of my career. 147, I feel comfortable at 147 right now. And plus, it's an explosive weight class, you know, a lot of top fighters at 147. So, yeah, I'm planning on staying at 147. All right, and one other question I have for you in regards to the fight tonight. I mean, I, I thought it was a very good high-level fight, although I thought a lot of guys were missing shots. But, they, you know, when you're talking about professional fighters who have a little bit of a crafty defense, that both, both they think both of those guys don't get enough credit for their defense. But nonetheless, they were swinging and missing a lot. But uh, a lot of times in the second half of the fight, the crowd was booing. Now, in your career, have you experienced such a thing where uh, you were fighting, giving it your all, and you hear boos from the crowd? Has that ever happened personally in one of your fights? It, ha- it happened one time in, my, in all of my fights. It happened one time when I fought at Mohegan Sun. They booed, I think it was like the third round, only, you know, for like a short amount of time. But, you know, I picked the pace up, so they only booed for a short, short amount of time. It is like action for most of the time. Most of the time, it is like it'd be an action-packed fight. So it sounds like you you, you let the boos uh, affect you how you how you fought a little bit. You, you started picking up when you heard those boos, so it it did have it did have an effect on you. Yeah, yeah, not too much of an effect, but you know they think that it's boring. You know, it's kind of like a chess match. They think some on the outside looking in, they think that it's boring, but on the inside, you try to figure out. You know. You gotta establish a jab, try to counter punch. You know, be a lot of different things that you look for inside the ring that maybe you know on the outside it might not be up to par for the people in the stands. But you know, for the most part, once you pick the action back up, they be right back into the fight. Now you, you turned professional in 2013. Uh, take us a little bit uh, back from that moment. Uh, talk about how you started as a professional. What kind of amateur? career you had uh it's your overall origin of how how you got into being a professional boxer well i actually I, i've been boxing since i was eight 
So I've been boxing since 1996. I had, you know, roughly 200, 250 fights, fought a lot of top elite fighters. And, you know, I had took a little layoff of there. When I came back, I went to like four or five national tournaments, and I was just pretty much just, you know, beating up a lot of guys in the national tournaments. I really did. I, I advanced far in all the national tournaments I was in, but after I fought in the Olympic trial, uh, 2012, I lost to Jesse Vargas, uh, uh, Jesse Hart. Sorry about that. And you know, I just decided that it was time to turn pro. So I turned pro in February of 2013 with Hector Bermudez. I was born in South Carolina and got a first round TKO win down there. And you know, I just been consistent ever since then. Signed with my manager Dave McWater, and he's been keeping me real busy and real active. Yeah, you fought three times in 2016. Two of those fights went the six-round distance. This fight uh, coming up on March 10th is scheduled for eight rounds, so you're taking that next step in terms of uh, rounds. And uh, a case could be made that this is your toughest opponent uh, to date as well. He certainly has uh, a more eye-popping record than some of your other opponents. His record is 12-1-1, Edward Williams. Uh, So first talk about uh, the step up from uh, going from six to eight, what kind of preparation was needed by you to, to make that happen going into the fight? And give us a little bit of an overall view of your opponent, Edward Williams. Well, you know, in preparation of the fight, you know, I do everything I'm supposed to do anyway. I train extra hard for every fight. Every fight is, you know, is a, a big stepping stone. You know, on paper, he has the best record, but, you know, I haven't been there with him. I really haven't studied a lot about him, but I train hard. No matter how many rounds I'm after, four rounds I'm after, ten rounds. I mean, I train consistently. And I train hard, regardless. But yeah, Williams. They, they say he's a step up in the fight. You know, he's twelve one and one, and you know he's a Detroit fighter. So you know, I actually got. I actually, I think I actually seen him fight one time. I really wasn't paying attention, but on one of the cards I had went up there to Detroit and I actually seen him fight. And you know, I really, I mean, I wasn't paying attention, but I really, you know, wasn't that impressed with. You know, nothing that he has in his arsenal. He just he seems pretty long and lanky, but, you know, be prepared for stuff like that. So I'm just excited to be fighting on Showtime, Showbox. Now you're going to be part of the televised Showbox card? Yes, I'm part of the televised card part. Okay, that, that, that's a big card, too. That's uh, the Cl- Clarissa Shields uh debut if you will although she's fought already she's got the the headliner on the on the card so it's going to be a jumping crowd uh you know have yeah. you uh fought in in in, in raucous crowds before uh, uh packed audiences i mean tonight 16,000 plus uh what has been your experience in, in in terms of uh fighting in front of a lot of fans uh, have you had a lot of experience with that well, I, I haven't fought in front of 16,000 people before. I think the most I probably fought in front of was like 2,000, like 2,000-something fans. And it was pretty it was pretty loud, but like I said, I'm, I'm so used to the environment from being in so many fights that I'm kind of used to the noise. I'm kind of – I just zone in on my opponent, and that's all I'd be worried about for the most part. Now, your, your opponent's listed as a couple of inches taller than you. You're listed at 5'8", so I would imagine you've had a lot of experience fighting taller fighters, and uh, is that something that you prefer? Yes, I mean, it really doesn't make no difference. I adjust very well to whoever, whomever I fight. I'm in for people as tall as 6'4", so, 
you know, the size really doesn't matter. I make a game plan, stick to it, and get the job done. Talk a little bit about you're 29 years old, I believe. Uh, so uh, talk a little bit about some of the fighters you grew up watching, who you admire. Maybe some fighters today. You really, I mean, we saw some pretty good fighters today. But uh, who were some of your favorite fighters growing up? Uh, growing up, you know, I was I was a real big Tyson fan. They used to call me Baby Tyson because I used to move like him and you know throw power punches exactly like him. So he was one of my favorites. Of course, you know Sugar Ray Leonard. The huge fan of him. I've seen him on the telecast, you know. But you know, for the most part, Floyd Mayweather. You know, I fought a lot of a lot of top fighters that you know was world champions, current champions, right now. So I came up around you know the time when we had a lot of good fighters, and a lot of them still boxing today. Now, in terms of how you prepare, in terms of sparring, have you uh, sparred with any uh, big name fighters that we might know up till now? For for this fight or previously? Yeah, throughout your career. Oh yes, yes. Uh, one of the world champions that I sparred uh, with was Javier Fortuna. I sparred with him. I was in his training camp for one of his fights that eventually fell out, and I got excellent work when I was down there. Good experience when I was down there, and he was world champion when I was there. So that was a good good experience for me. Now, when you spar with a world champion, going in, how how is the dynamic? Is it kind of like, yeah, well, you know, he's you're here to give him work. Are you expected to go light on him? Because I hear a lot of stories about how guys just go all out, top names. And I always find that uh, pretty interesting. But uh, then I hear some other stories where guys are just brought in to give – the uh, you know the world champion work so to speak, and if they're too good, they're going to be chased out of the ring. They 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 don't want that. What was what was your experience in uh, sparring with Fortuna? Oh no, my experience was was excellent. Like it was a it was an excellent learning experience. You know, it had that depth. You know, he he was a fast fighter. He too was average, and I want to say like 130 punches per round. So I had to adapt to that. And, you know, after being there so long, we actually started doing 12 rounds of sparring, and we were giving each other plenty of work. He taught me a lot of stuff while I was down there as well, inside the ring, especially being with a world champion. You know, it was a good experience for me, plus the coach that was down there was just excellent. All right, good stuff there. And uh, you're listed as a southpaw. Are you a natural southpaw, or are you one of those fighters who switched stances? No, I'm a, I'm a natural southpaw. I can switch, oh. but I usually don't tend to switch. And uh, coming up, was there any encouragement ever to try and fight right-handed and uh, primarily? No, not really. I just I like I like fighting in the southpaw stance. You know, it make it awkward for certain fighters. Certain fighters just don't know how to handle fighting left-handed fighters. So I just like to stay in southpaw stance. All right, cool. Now, as an undefeated fighter, this might be a little bit of a tougher question to answer, but uh, in all the fights you've had up to now, what was the biggest uh, adversity you've had to overcome? Was it maybe uh, you know, getting really hurt by, a, by another fighter or not being able to uh, get your rhythm going and uh, losing some rounds where you had to come back? Uh, what was the biggest adversity you've had to have so far in the ring? I mean, so far, I really haven't had any adversity. Uh I did get, you know, a little winded in one of my fights when I fought, uh, I want to say it was Dixon, the Dixie Dixon. But out of all my fights, I only lost one round. Out of all the rounds I didn't fight, I only lost one round my entire career. So I really don't have to come back 
lost no lead, you know. And a couple of fights, I really didn't even get, you know, hit at all. But, yeah, I really never have to come back on the scorecards. Mm-hmm. I like what about in training? What about in training? What's the, what's uh, some of the harder things you have to do in training? Is it the, is it the road work, uh, sparring? What's the, what's the toughest the, thing the about training? The road training? work will be hard. The road, the road it'll be hard, but it'll be tiring because I put in excessive amount of excessive amount of miles on the road. So you know, for the most part, it it don't be the hardest, but you know, it's the most challenging thing. Running in, you know, and it's been cold where I'm at, so running in the cold, staying active out there on the road. That's pretty much it. I've been getting great sparring with my sparring partner, so everything inside the gym been going excellent. Already we're talking with Edward Williams in action on Showbox Friday to March the 10th against Edward Williams. And uh, you fight in the welterweight division, uh, what is seen as the glamour division. Uh, now I'm going to play a little matchmaker, uh, Wesley. Uh, if you could go back in time and fight and test your skills against one welterweight, who would it be? And moving forward, all these great welterweights we see, who's the one that you would want the most? Uh, right now, it really it really doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I fought a couple of that's in the welterweight division now, one being Sean Porter. I actually fought him twice. Uh but I really don't have like no sights. Whoever, whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to go to work. What about in the past? If you could, uh, if we had a time machine and you, you could go back in time and test your skills against one of the great welterweights, who would it be? Floyd Mayweather. Ah, man, not going back that far. Maybe you could uh, entice him to give up this Conor McGregor nonsense and uh, <laughs> uh, fight you instead. You said farther than that. Say you said farther than that? No, 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 no. It wasn't that far, but you know, he—it's he, foreseeable that he could still fight. So maybe you could uh, convince him to fight you instead of uh, this Conor McGregor nonsense. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could. <laughs> Be a much how would you appro- fight? How would you approach uh, such a fight with uh, arguably the greatest defensive fighter of all time? That that'd be a hard question. That'd be a hard question to ask to, to ask me. They call him out like everybody else tried to do. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully uh, we we get to see you fight some of the, the top welters in the next year or two. Uh, probably won't be Floyd, but there's certainly a lot of great ones out there. Wesley Tucker, thank you for your time. Uh, I'll give you some closing remarks uh, before we get you out of here. Anything you want to plug your social media? Anything you want the fans to know about you? Now's the time. Thank you for coming on. Okay, yeah, I'm just uh, you know, I'm on I'm on Facebook, Wesley Tucker. You know, you can follow me on there and just be on the lookout for show uh, Showbox March 10th on the undercard of Teresa Shields. I'll be making my televised debut, and it's going to be an exciting fight. And I look forward to a lot of people getting to see how I fight my fight style. All righty, thank you for coming on, and have a good rest of your evening. Hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. All righty, have a good night, Wesley Tucker. Good stuff there. And uh, undefeated Southpaw getting some uh, TV uh, time on one of the bigger uh, anticipated show boxes with uh, Clarissa Shields uh, topping that main event. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to somebody else who is on that card right after this. One week before the fight, Foster is seen here training. 
This could be Bob's toughest title defense in the four years that he's been world light heavyweight champion. Foster won the title with a spectacular one-punch KO over Dick Tiger in New York City four years ago. Since winning the title, Bob has remained very active. He has had 17 fights since becoming the champion and has stayed in virtual constant training. Many experts attribute Bob's crushing power to the way he snaps his punches in whip-like fashion. All righty, welcome back to Zoot's Boxing Talk, and the midnight hour is upon us here on the East Coast. It's a few minutes after midnight, but we're still going strong. Our next guest is another undefeated uh, fighter uh, in the bantamweight division, record of 17-0-2 with nine KOs. He is fighting uh, also on the March 10th in uh, Michigan for the WBO and ABO bantamweight title, a 10-rounder. His opponent is also undefeated, so this should be a good one. Nikolai Poltovov, and we're talking about Antonio Nieves. Welcome to the show, Antonio. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, especially this late in uh, such a busy time for you. And uh, I'll start off the same way I started off with uh, Wesley. What do you think of the, the main event tonight? Danny Garcia loses for the first time in his professional career, split decision over Keith one-time now, two-time champion Thurman. Uh, what do you think of the fight? Uh, overall, I think it was a good fight. I I think that the decision was correct. Um, I had it a little bit more for Thurman winning, but overall, he I did see him winning the fight. All righty. I, I, I agree with that, and uh, certainly uh, a fight that's going to be uh, talked about. But now let's talk a little bit about your fight coming up. You're fighting a fellow... Undefeated fighter, 10-rounder on a, a high-stakes card, if you will, a card that is televised on Showbox. I'm a, are you going to be on the TV uh, part of the, the telecast as well? Yes. Um, we're the Coleman event. We're right before uh, Clarissa Shields. All right. Good stuff there. And you're fighting a guy who resides in Brooklyn uh, from Russia. Uh, Good-looking fighter uh, as well, Nikolai Put him off. How do you see this fight going? I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, he's a very solid fighter. Um, overall, though, I, I think I, I got the skills and what it takes to beat him. All righty. Now, you, you, you've had a couple of fights on your uh, where you've gone to 10 rounds. Uh, one of your draws is a, the 10 round distance, and then uh, your last fight was scheduled for uh, six rounds, so it's not a stranger to going to ten rounds. Uh, but the, explain a little bit of a difference because you've even most of your fights uh, that you fought were under ten rounds. In, in terms of preparation and uh, keeping up with your stamina, how, how do you prepare differently for a ten rounder? You know, we we're doing uh, mostly um, some of the same work, but you know, we obviously pick it up a notch. Um, doing more work for the for the time that's remaining. You know, we when we're fighting four rounds, then we're moving up to six, and you know we keep we keep on with the same work. We just we kept bringing up a notch, so we we keep uh, working harder for to last those those other rounds. So we make sure we're in shape for whatever rounds we're going. All righty. So now we're less than a week away from this fight. Uh, give us a little bit of a synopsis of uh, what 
your preparation and what your life is going to be like uh, up until flight time? Uh, what's your game plan going to be? You know, um, like I said, he's a very good fighter, but his strongest point is that he lets his hands go when you're in front of him. Our game plan is to, you know, use use our boxing. Well, I don't mean the game plan. I don't. I don't mean your game plan in terms of the approach to a fight. We don't want to give that away. But I'm, I'm talking about okay. game plan in terms of uh, what you're going to be doing day in and day out. Uh, how are you going to be preparing physically and mentally from here on in up until fight time? You know, till till now we we've done everything that we got to do to get prepared uh, physically. Right now, from here till Friday. I'm pretty much just working on maintaining my weight and making sure I get down to 118. We're only like two or three pounds over. Um, and then mentally just staying focused on what what I what I need to do. Uh, I'm just, you know, staying calm and just waiting for the moment to get here to get into the ring and do what, what, what we're supposed to do. And, and that's uh, be victorious by the end of the night. All righty. In uh, in 2016, you were active. You had four fights. One fight uh, was a draw, but and one fight went to full ten rounds where you were victorious, and uh, you had a couple of impressive knockouts too in 2016. Uh, so give us a little overall grade evaluation of, of yourself, Antonio, in 2016 from start to finish. Where do you think you improved the most, and where do you think moving forward you have to work on? You know, um, I 2016. I give myself uh, about a, a B, about a B plus. You know, there we had some uh, like those draws. We had some notches, some draws that you know. I just gotta stay focused. There's there's times that that when I'm in there, I just get unfocused and sometimes get away from the game plan and and that's what we've been working on. Staying focused and continue the game plan no matter what, what what's going on in there. And um, one one aspect that I had to do is make sure that um, not overtrain myself because I'm a gym rat. I'm always in the gym. I'm always working working out hard. And you know we we got to make sure that we're we're timing everything the right way and and not getting over overtrained and and make sure that we're peaking at the right times. Now, has something like that happened in uh, your previous fights where you attributed to uh, being overtrained? Uh, yeah, like the draw that I got with the Santiago guy, um, I think we overtrained a little bit. Um, that night, I that night I, I felt like it just felt like if I was out of shape, like I was flat-footed. Um, I was, I was really re- everything. My punches were flat. Everything like. It was it was just not a good night for me and and they had a they had a reason of you know at first we were they said we were not fighting so you know I didn't we I stopped training I took a couple of weeks off and then all of a sudden we were back on so we started going back hard because I wasn't uh, training and then they were off and, and different opponents you know so it had a lot to do with that as well but you know we just I just got to make sure that. That we we train the right way and we we make sure that we're not overtraining, and that's what we did for this fight. We made sure that I took breaks when I needed, um, let my body rest when I needed it to rest, and uh, and, and go hard when my body felt good. Now, was there one aspect uh, of the training that you felt you overdid it on, or was it just the overall uh, uh, just uh, approach overall, of 
Okay. Yeah, just the overall approach, you know, just I was doing too much when when I didn't need to, and and uh, just everything was just we just did too much when when I didn't need to do it, you know. Coming off mm-hmm. from a coming off from a from a previous camp, I only took off about a week off from from training, fighting ten rounds, and then just jumping back on it. You know, it just didn't give my body enough time to rest. And when you talk about Antonio staying uh, focused and giving your body enough time time to rest, I mean, you you hold a full time job as well. And, I do. Uh, yes. Talk, talk talk a little bit about that and uh, how that comes into play and how you fit that into your schedule and remain to stay focused to prepare for such uh, you know a, a grueling uh, profession as you do. Uh, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So so I currently work at a PNC Bank. Here in uh, Cleveland, uh, I work 40 hours a week. You know, um, it fits it fits in my schedule because uh, we we don't train till uh, six six thirty. So I usually be out of work by by five five thirty. So it gives me enough time to get to the gym and and do that. But you know, there's times that I be at work and I'm I'm just having a stressful day at work, and uh, at times that carries over to the gym and. And uh, you know, he just has a stressful day, and you you don't do it as good as you as you want to in the gym, and that just leads to that. But you know, this camp, I was able to focus and and make sure I kept both of them separated, and they would have to do in the gym, and then that they would have to do at work, and not let things uh, interfere with each other. Now, when you have those hard days at work, and it's a little tougher to get. Uh, to the gym, uh, you know, I would imagine that could happen quite often. Uh, what, what is your main motivation? What's your motivational factor to push yourself to not skip the gym work that you so much uh, that you relish so much? You know, I just, you know, I just tell myself, you know, I started this, you know, we, we might as well finish it. So, you know, I'll get to the gym. And let, even though, even though I didn't have a good day at work, you know, let's turn around at the gym and and let's finish out strong, you know, and. You gotta. I just gotta keep telling myself like, let's let's just go. Let's go do it. Let's finish it. You know, sometimes sometimes you have that day at work that you just want to go home and go to sleep. But you got. I just tell myself, you know, we, we don't got time for that. We can't. We can't afford to take a step backwards. Got to keep moving forward. Alrighty. And uh, do do you get time off now? Do you have to work up until fight night? Uh, do you get some days off from your job? No, I'm I'm actually off. I'm actually off uh, all week now, so um, I won't be back to work until after the fight. Um, I'm blessed to have uh, a manager, a PNC that um, you know supports what I'm doing, and and uh, he gives me the days off that I need, and um, and then they help out a lot. Then you know they're and they're actually um, he's actually uh, he likes the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing, and. Uh, very supportive, very supportive of, of what I'm doing, and uh, he's a great guy. Not many managers right. uh, do that. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good plus. Uh, is he a boxing fan? Uh, he is. He does go. Uh, he does go to the fights when uh, when they're able to. Um, um, everybody that I work with at the branch, uh, if the closest fight, if the the fight's close enough, uh, they all like to go and they all like to support me. So uh, it's something good. 
Right, and you've been a professional fighter since 2011. Uh, you fought a lot uh, across uh, the country, West Virginia, New York. You even fought in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, obviously, uh, with the exception of a couple of draws. You have no blemishes on your record. But if you share with us the biggest moment of adversity that you had to overcome in uh, a prize fight up till now. In, you know, when I fought... Um, uh... When I fought for the for the WBO and the BO belt, um, that was my uh, it was a ten rounder that you know, I haven't I I didn't go. Before that, we we didn't go ten rounds before that, and you know, just adjusting to it, the fact that the guy that had a very tough opponent in front of me, and I was hitting him with with all my best shots, and he was there, and he was taking them like <laughs> he was taking those shots like nothing, and he just kept coming and. And, you know, I was telling myself, like, all right, you just got to keep digging in. He's going to be here for the long run. So, you know, it's like he just kept pushing and he kept coming. I hit him with everything I had and he just just kept coming. And, you know, at times, sometimes you start thinking to yourself, like, what do I do now? This guy's still in front of you, still throwing punches. But, you know, we we, we stick to the game plan. We we kept boxing and we, we, were, we were able to get the victory. But, you know, think – Times like that, when you enter things like that for the first time, you'd be like, "This guy's taking all your shot, all your shots. What are you gonna do now?" You know, and sometimes your mind starts to wonder, like, "All right, <laughs> what do we do now?" But like, yeah, I got a good team, and they and they were they helped me uh, get the victory. All righty, and uh, I see we have a call on the line from six two zero area code. Uh, do you mind taking a call from uh, from the audience? Not a problem. All righty. Caller from the 620 area code. You have a question for Antonio? Yeah, I don't know if he uh, would know the answer to this or not or even know the reference. Um, I'm from a town in Kansas. Um, boxers Brandon Rios and Victor Ortiz are both from this town, and they've had this giant rivalry for years, and they were supposed to fight last month, and for some reason that fight never happened. I was wondering – if uh, either one of you knew what happened in that situation. Uh, wait, what's your name, caller? Derek. Um, Derek. Antonio, you know anything about that? No, I just I heard that I knew the fight was supposed to happen, but I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. When it, when it comes to Rios and Ortiz, they make a lot. Uh, they just they make just as much many headlines outside of the ring. As in, uh, you know, Rios is retired, he's not retired, or Ortiz, uh, a lot of inactivity, so I'm not really sure. I've seen a lot of okay. videos of uh, Brandon Rios training, but I never said nothing, I didn't see nothing of Victor, Victor Ortiz at all, so I'm not 100% sure what happened there. Uh, and a follow-up question, and I'll let you guys get back to your conversation. Um like I said, I'm from the town where those two guys are from, so they're that as much in the main in the media that those guys are, like they're they're a lot in the media here in this town. Um, whenever he fought Mayweather, uh, I'm not really a boxing follower, but I watched that fight obviously from him being from the small town. And me as somebody who isn't a boxing enthusiast, I really felt like it wasn't a real fight. Like to me, it looked like I was watching like uh, wrestling, like you would watch on Monday night or something. Do you know, do you feel that if uh, that was a legitimate fight or is it a possibility uh, in, in big time boxing that people are paid to take dives? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't think, I don't know. Uh, I, I definitely think it was, uh, you know, bad sportsmanship on uh, both fighters' parts, first or, or Ortiz with the the headbutts and a lot of the extracurriculars, and then uh, Mayweather. And, uh, you know, prior to that fight, I, I thought Joe Cortez at that stage of his career was a bad choice for the referee. So who knows? I don't know. Antonio, do you care to comment? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, you know. I thought at the beginning of the fight, I thought Victor Ortiz was doing okay. But then, like you said, uh, they both started getting uh, just rough with each other. And I don't know. I don't know why, uh, what was going on that night. That was a weird night. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of it being staged, uh, I hope not. <laughs> that, that's a, the best right. thing I can <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, at that high level, I, I, I don't think so. I, I just think it was a, a bad night of boxing. Uh, and, uh, there was a lot yeah, of controversy. Just you know. was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Derek? No, I appreciate you guys uh, for your answers and uh, have a good show. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Take and, it easy, uh, man. We do have another caller on the line from the 647 area code. I'm not sure if they are just listening. They have to cue in the, to inform me if they do want to uh, ask a question. But uh, we're coming towards the end here with Antonio uh, Nieves. I don't want to keep you that, that much longer. But uh, fighting uh, bantamweight division, the division that uh, is usually known for its high-octane, high-volume punches, uh, a lot of action. Uh, over the course of the years, I don't know how uh, big of a, a boxing historian you are or a fan, but uh, give us some of the, the favorite, some of your favorite fighters. Maybe not necessarily in the bantamweight division, but uh, growing up and uh, currently, who some of the fighters you admire? I like um, one one guy uh, like um, that started at a low weight was Juan Manuel Marquez. Man, he's he's a great counter puncher, he, overall great fighter. But you know, I grew up watching Tito Trinidad, um, you know, all those great Puerto Rican fighters that that came way before me. You know, I always watched that. But like I said, I like um, uh, Marquez is a wonderful fighter, and uh, right now I like Cotto. You know, I, I I like you know anybody that puts on a good show. I like I I watch watch boxing no matter who it is. Beginning stages, middle stages, uh, at the top. Uh, I I I love the sport so much that you know I try to keep as much tabs as I can on everybody. All righty, now you're you're resident of Cleveland, Ohio, a big sports town. Is it a big boxing town though, Cleveland? Back in the day, it was it it died out? It died out a little bit. Um, we're trying to make a comeback now. Um, but you know we are a big sports fan, but boxing is not not what it used to be here in Cleveland. All righty, and uh, if you could go back in time and test your skills against uh, somebody of the past, who would who would you choose? Who would I choose? I don't know. Uh, you know, Orlando Canizales was a great bantamweight for a long time. You know we're we're friends on Facebook. Um, he he was a great bantamweight. Oh yeah, I interviewed yeah. him. Uh, one of my, I think he's one of the best bantamweights of all time. Like you said, right. very underappreciated. The skills on that bantamweight. man was was unreal. Uh, one of the one of my favorite interviews was interviewing him. Good one. Yeah, he 
greatest bantamweight of all time, man. He when 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 um when I found out about him and I just started watching his his fights on YouTube, man, the man has skills. Like like you said, underrated man. He unappreciated man. He had he has skills for days. And I think he fought in the last fifteen round fight. I know Calvin Grove and Jorge Paez also uh, fought in a fifteen rounder towards the end of that uh, era. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously something like that will probably never come back. But uh, would you be opposed to it if it uh, was brought up to the the, the fight the fifteen rounds? I, you haven't even gone twelve yet, I, so it might be a weird question right. to ask. <laughs> but uh, the, the the history of boxing would have been a lot different if we didn't have fifteen round fights for so many years. Right. I'd like to do a 15-round fight one day. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's ever going to come back. So uh, Unless I could build that time machine, we might not get it, uh, Antonio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your time, Antonio Nieves, uh, squaring off against Nikolai Potabov as the co-feature of the big Clarissa Shields card on Showbox in Detroit, Michigan on uh, Friday night on Showbox. So looking forward to that. Thank you for your uh, time. Now's the time for you to uh, make your closing remarks. Um, you know, just everybody tune in. It's going to be a great fight. Um, it's going to be action-packed because he's coming to fight, and, and so am I. So boxing fans are not going to be disappointed. Um, but at the end of the day, my hand will be raised. All righty. Thank you, Antonio Nieves. Thank you for your time and uh, looking forward to the fights. You have a good rest of your evening. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to close out uh, right after this. Boxing Talk, the boxing show where we bring you sweet science straight up with no twist. A special post-fight show, Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia. Special thanks to Barbara Pinella of ringnews24.com, Ron Christian. Of course, uh, professional fighters Wesley Tucker and Antonio Nieves in their uh, pres- getting prepared for their respective battles on March the 10th on Showbox. And remember, if you're a fan of the show, follow me on Twitter at Zoot, with capital Z, lowercase U-T-E, 29. Go to maxboxing.com, ringnews24. 
com and ringsidereport.com for your boxing MMA fixes. I am now a MMA contributor to uh, Ringside Report. Happy to be part of that team as well. And if you're looking for a great boxing book to crawl up in, uh, to curl up with, I should say, uh, John Responte and uh, Dennis Taylor Cole wrote uh, one that is getting a lot of rave reviews on Amazon, Intimate Warfare, the true story of the Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward trilogy. And uh, we do have another caller, and a very special caller, I might add. Uh, somebody I go way back to. As long as I've been doing this show, this guy has been uh, part of it, although he's been sporadic the last couple of years, but always in my thoughts. Even though he hails all the way from Canada, talking about Joseph the Med boxing genius Torres. Now, if this is not the surprise of the year so far, I don't know what it is. <laughs> What's Man, going on, no, my I think the, no, I think the surprise of the year is that you're an MMA contributor. <laughs> What's up All with right. that, dude? <laughs> I, you know how much I love MMA, although I'm missing one of the biggest fights of the year right now. Because does, of does George fight. know this? <laughs> does, <laughs> uh, I guess so. I, I don't know, George, George and I haven't really communicated much lately, but I'm sure if he knew, he would have something I, I think I know why, though. <laughs> But hey, you know, whatever's clever, you know, Every, to each its own, as they say. But uh, yes, I have started writing articles for Ringside Report uh, as an MMA writer, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, uh, as well as uh, contributing for Max Boxing and Ring News 24 and on the boxing I know. Congratulations. That's awesome, man. I mean, I remember back in the day, getting on Max Boxing was like the holy grail for boxing writers. And you did it, man. That's awesome, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And obviously, uh, I got my start on your wonderful website, BoxingIQ.com. Well, you did you, you did something a little bit more before that. And I mean, this has been a, uh, a long-running boxing show, one of my favorites, my favorite of all time, actually. Because oh, thank it's, you for uh, you know, it's the It's the place where, where like, no twists, uh-huh. the way it is, straight to it. And that's awesome, brother. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you, you gave me my first start as a writer. Writing for a website was Boxing IQ, so I, <laughs> so I love that. But yes, the show came for me. The show came first. Then you discovered me through the show, which was a, a great little move on your part, I should say. But uh, well, what brings you here tonight, my friend? Do you want to talk about the the main event, Thurman Garcia? Uh, yeah, I, I was watching it. I was watching it. And um, watching it had a little bit of tiff of one of your people over there on Facebook. Uh, didn't respond because, you know, I'm oh, classier than I that. I didn't no, I'm not going to say it because I'm, 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 I'm a little classier than that. But he used to, we used to be connected, and then he defriended me because he couldn't handle my skills. But uh, <laughs> I watched I the show. I got I to gotta go back. I got to go look after the show. But it's been a weird couple of days on Facebook for me with <laughs> friends of mine getting into things. So then this is now number three. So I hope it doesn't involve the same person because it's one by one common denominator up until now. And I'm hoping yeah, the guy, the guy who can't me. even, the guy who doesn't even have the guts to put his own face, uh, his own own face on his profile. But we'll get to that a little later. But yeah, oh, I, well, I wanted to go. I wanted to go and see what your what your what your uh, after the fight. I wanted to go see what your prediction, what your thoughts were about the fight. Right, because I mean, I remember you posting something 
about this big welterweight showdown, and I wrote something about you know this being a beatdown. <laughs> right, and, right, uh, right, right. And so I just wanted to know what was going on. Saw you were doing a post-fight show, like classic, as Zoot always does, which is great. So I went and went and checked it out, and I was kind of getting those old vibes, and I was just like, oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call in, man. All right, well, gotta let's get call right in. to it then. Uh, what did you think of the fight? Uh, going in, I, I thought Thurman was going to win, but I thought knocking out Garcia would have been a tall order. I know a lot of the Thurman uh, predictors were thinking that, as were you, uh, but I, I didn't quite see it that way, although I thought Thurman was a good uh, 70. I, I favored Thurman 70 to 30%, uh, but I, I, I saw this fight going the distance, uh, and it did. So what would you think of the fight? Well, you know as well as I do. I mean, we've been t- I've been we've been talking about this for a while that I'm not I've I mean, I consider Danny Garcia the Rick Flair of professional boxing. Rick Flair back in the day of professional wrestling, his whole stick was being able to get his ass kicked, his ass kicked, his ass kicked, and then all of a sudden finding some way to pull out the victory. And I that's that's how <laughs> that's how I always saw Danny Garcia. And so when this fight was made, I was thinking, "All right, here we go." Uh, Keith Thurman is going to finally right a very serious wrong and give Danny Garcia the loss that he should have had, you know, a while ago. He he should at least have a couple losses on his record. Now, granted, I mean, when these guys were kind of sad, you know, during the press conferences and whatnot, I was a little surprised that Danny Garcia looked a little bit bigger than Keith Thurman. But I just, based on the the Porter fight and, and, and other performances, I just, didn't think he could hold a candle to him. But, um, yeah, I thought Thurman was going to win. He did win. I, I had him actually ahead by quite a bit in the fight. But um, to be honest with you, in terms of the, the, the performance itself, I, I thought both guys were a little bit flat, a little bit flat. I mean, I know the, the Thurman was coming out really, really strong. Right, right. Garcia tried to answer back towards the end of the first round and, and going into the second. But either way, I mean, even though they were throwing with bad intentions, I thought both guys were a little bit flat. And it wasn't, you know, the typical, you know, you're an elite fighter, I'm an elite fighter, we're going to respect each other type of thing. I thought they were both flat, like they almost overtrained a little bit. But, um, you know, it was it was, as I always say, if it wasn't entertaining, it will be intriguing, and it was intriguing, and I thought that... Uh, the right guy won, so I'm happy about <laughs> I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, let's get the, the the bad stuff out of the way first. I mean, the idea that one paid professional scored the fight one fifteen one thirteen for Garcia. I mean, and this is what I, I was talking to John Responte a few uh, shows ago about how this kind of stuff, even though it probably gets. <laughs> even though it'll get swept under the rug probably because the, they did call the fight for the right guy, but that that's a bad scorecard and it needs to be addressed, but I don't think it will be addressed. Well, I mean, it, I mean, we've been talking about this for years, right? Bad scorecards. And it's, I mean, I just, there's too, too much subjectivity involved. Right. But, um, I, we're, we're kind of at the point in, in, in boxing, which is really kind of yeah. unfortunate. Well, as long as the right guy wins, then right, all right. is good. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't, right. I don't but, know what subject I could wrap my head around that uh, would give seven rounds to Danny Garcia, and that's what a 115-113 scorecard suggests. I mean, what subject can we pick out of the air? Trumpism? I mean, uh, that's the only thing that's uh, that just as rude <laughs> as uh, that scorecard. But it'll probably be, all right, well, so what? The guy won anyways. But no, that, that, that's why we wind up getting a, a stinker. And uh, we've been getting lucky in a lot of these high-profile fights this year because a lot of them have been ending in knockouts. So we haven't gotten really burnt yet by a really terrible decision. But that was a terrible scorecard. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It wasn't It wasn't the best scorecard. But, um, again, you know, you have boxing fans thinking, all right, the right guy won, <laughs> and right, unfortunately, right. that's that's where it's that's where it's going. That's yeah. where that's where we kind of you know the 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 the, uh, the, the line is is drawn in the sand, but we keep pushing the line a little bit, and it's okay as long as the right guy wins. Because I mean, I guess to a certain extent that it's it things are are getting better because the right people are winning, the right fighters are winning. Yeah, it's kind of it like still uh, with makes uh, it a little right. Yeah, I got you. It's kind of like last uh, with the Wilder fight. I mean, I think he was either ahead or tied in all three scorecards up until the knockout, mm-hmm. which is not talked about at all, which is horrible. Mhm. 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 But um, so, uh, so there you go. But I mean, again, if if there's if 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 every state is you know, they have their own rules and they have their own czar. Then it's very, it's very difficult. I mean, we we really need <laughs> some one person kind of ruling over this entire sport. But it's it's really difficult to do when you have states in charge, nations in charge of their own type of deal, and then you have, I mean, everyone is just into business for themselves. That's that's the unfortunate reality of it so yeah i hear you but in terms of the actual fight itself uh i use the word flat i think i think the biggest problem with this fight is you know thurman looks bad i thought thurman looked really spectacular landing hard shots in that first round i i, I thought he looked pretty good in rounds three and four and then, then after that from what you know well, never really got to that height of excitement again. And from 6-7 on, it wasn't exciting at all. I mean, it was more waiting for something to happen and more more missing big punches. I mean, uh, Thurman obviously was winning the rounds. He was landing the, you know, I really admired some of the right uppercuts he landed on a very good defensive fighter like Garcia. I mean, uh, flat might be the right word, but... I think we saw our best moments in that fight in that opening round, and it never got to that moment again. Well, each guy had their moments uh, sporadically. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But um, you know, I, I I do agree with you that you know it, it once there was kind of like a set narrative they played to it. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and especially on Thurman's case, who was in the league, right, 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 you know, right. and and it's almost like the safety safety first mentality that uh, that people have taken on because it's not now just about. I guess we're just kind of in a different time where it's not just about um, creating a legacy and putting on good fights and being remembered. It's it's, and it's been this like this for a while. It's about making the money. 
right? It's almost to an extent where, you know, where it's more about how much money you can make as opposed to, to you know, etching your place in history. And some people have done that. Some people have been able to do that very, very well. However, I mean, it's it's just that you know when people are when promoters and and whatnot are willing and and people are willing to pay for 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 certain things, no matter what the cost is and this and that, just to see what may happen, you know, it it kind of takes on its own its, its its own identity and and people are trying to be more smart than you know who you know being remembered, which is fine. I mean. They're the ones taking the punches. <laughs> you know, you want to make as much money as you can while you can, but you know, it's 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 just it's more of a, it, it. Boxing has always been a business, but it's just it's because it feels like it's been it's just becoming a hundred percent of a business now, as opposed to you know pride. I, I think the pride aspect of the sport, or or I mean any other sport, if you think about it, is is is, is has taken a, a back seat. Yeah, well, I, I think the one of the things that bothers me the most uh, about this fight, and uh, I kind of just thought of it while you were talking, is that uh, I, I think uh, some of the dominance, and, and I mean dominance in terms of he won clearly most of the rounds, that will be taken away from Thurman because he decided to fight those last three rounds in a way that guys like Leonard, Ali, and uh, quite frankly, Floyd Mayweather made millions off of uh, that type of an approach. And uh, Thurman is going to be heavily, I have a feeling, heavily criticized for that kind of an approach. So, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, like I, you know, like I said, the, the boxing is the ultimate Rorschach's test. Uh, but uh, with that, I would like to see some consistency. Where, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't like Thurman's approach in the last three rounds, and I didn't like Mayweather's style or Leonard's style when he was ahead in some of these fights, uh, Ali especially. And uh, you know, and Mayweather, I mean, made uh, a king's ransom from fighting that kind of a, a fight. Uh, you know, so I mean, and Thurman is probably going to get a lot of criticism for the same thing. Well, you're not going to please everybody. I mean, like it. I mean, basically, what I'm saying is, I mean, Thurman did what he had to do in order to keep to uh, to, to stay undefeated. I mean, Max Kellerman said it before: being undefeated now is more of a marketing tool. Having a championship belt is more of a marketing tool right now, right? Because you can always make money as long as you have, I guess, branding. I, if you want to, if you want to talk about it, and that's actually, I mean, I actually called in earlier a couple of times because I wanted to talk to talk to Wesley Tucker and and Antonio Nieves about um, because they're they're young fighters and they're kind of at the beginning uh, of their careers. I mean, Nieves has been around since 2011, but and, and Tucker's been around since 2013 in terms of professional professionalism, but. I mean, when you were doing a really great interview with both those guys, top notch, you haven't lost a step, brother. <laughs> I went oh, and checked. Went, I went and checked their social media, and I was thinking, okay, well, you know, Nieves has about ten thousand, ten thousand plus on his Twitter, and he's got about uh, two thousand on his Instagram and three thousand on on his um, on on his Facebook and. 
you know, Tucker's got about two thousand, uh, two, uh, thirteen hundred on his Instagram, and so on and so on. And I was just wondering, like, how they. Uh, what I wanted to know was how they utilize social media because that's just kind of the world we're in now. I mean, we're a couple of old dinosaurs, you and me now, but. <laughs> You know, I just wanted to know how they're using that in terms of getting opportunities. Because I mean, back in the day, when you and I um, were 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 kind of, you know, following the sport and whatnot. I mean, all all Camacho had to do was beat Duran, who was like way past his prime, but still, you know, managed to throw in a couple of good punches in there, and then beat him, and then talk his way into a De La Hoya fight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean it's it's right, right, it's right, different, right. but it's kind of the same thing. So it's just it's 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 just odd how things have changed a little bit and I just wanted to know how they how they uh how they uh how how they're usually using social media to get attention. And I mean there are a lot of great fighters out there, uh specific, specifically female fighters like Heather Hardy and uh Naomi Vasquez who are using social media to get to, they're like taking it in their hands and they're trying to get attention to to get their name out there and they're doing a really really great job but um you know it again it's it's i mean switching back to it it's almost like it's almost everything's about branding now right and if you're undefeated and you and even if you have to you even even have to to box and stink the joint out you know, for the last two or three rounds, in order to make sure you get that victory, that's 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 the end all and be all. As long as you have those two or three belts, that's the end all and be all, right? So, I mean, I I mean, you know, I'm not like the biggest Oscar De La Hoya fan post his career, but I mean, that guy, he went and closed the show. He closed it against I Quarte. You know, he did everything he tried to do. To close the show, he was an old school fighter, probably one of the last old school fighters. Maybe you can you can maybe throw a hat out there to Pacquiao and Cotto as the last ones who really tries to who really tries to close the show and get the fans what they want. But um, it, it's a different world there. It's a it's a different world now. Mm. Well, we'll see what kind of uh, branded gives Thurman, who is a guy that a lot of. Uh, uh, critics were uh, I, I, I unkind to up until now, but uh, obviously uh, beat a guy who's undefeated, a guy who seemed to have Lady Luck on his side, uh, still remains undefeated. And on top of that, he says all the right things in terms of uh, you know wanting his fights to be on free TV. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think the first words out of a lot of people's mouth is, "Well, he's no Mayweather." I mean, and Mayweather's whole brand was undefeated. This guy's undefeated. Why is he no Mayweather? You know, he's not going to forget about talking about him in the breadth of a Ray Leonard or, or <laughs> some of the welterweights of the past. I mean, uh, is he going to get his just due for uh, outboxing uh, a very good, accomplished, undefeated fighter? Although many people say, and rightfully so, Garcia wasn't really undefeated. But still, I mean, uh, this is the second time now on a grand stage where uh, he uh, put his all out on free television and is undefeated. And uh, will he benefit from that in terms of uh, prestige? I mean, uh, you know, and he, uh, you know, we could talk about what is in store for the welterweight division. I think it's good for 
good. I think it's in good shape for in the next year or two. Uh, I think the one thing that the one mistake that Thurman made last year, and I don't know how much of it was all his fault, was the fact that he did not fight again after that uh, Porter mm-hmm. fight. He's got to do a better job this year. He can't. He, he can't just ride on this victory for the rest of the year unless there's an injury involved, and I don't think there was. So we'll, we'll definitely see, but. Uh, you know, that, that, that's my next question to you, my friend. Uh, the, the, the welterweight division, we know we have Spence Brook approaching. I think it's a silly comment not to think anybody wouldn't want Thurman to face that winner. But uh, we got a whole lot of good stuff potentially going on in this welterweight division. And I think it's possible, uh, since a lot of these guys, are connected, you know, Brook has already proven he'll fight anybody. And if Spence wins, they're both under the PBC umbrella, Spence and Thurman. Uh, I think it's a hell of a possibility. What do you think? I love Spence and and Brooke. And, <laughs> you know, you got, you got to give credit, to, first of all, to Spence because there are a lot of fighters who came before him who wouldn't do what he's doing right now. And I like Brooke. I think he is very underestimated. I, I think he's kind of bordering on that winky right kind of reputation where like he's 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 too good to face and no one wants to you know no one wants to look bad against him. Spence definitely has the speed. Uh Brooke definitely has the timing. Um I mean off the top of my head, I would pro- I would choose Brooke, but I honestly, come fight him, I don't know. But that's that's what's so great about boxing. I mean, there's there's what's great about boxing. I mean, over MMA, I know you're an MMA guy, <laughs> but as well, in addition. But what I love about boxing is that it there's there there's what determines the winner in a lot of cases is just small measures there's something beautiful in its simplicity and you know on any given day you have you know one day you'll have the guy who has the speed will beat the guy with the timing and then vice versa or you'll have the guy with power beat the guy with speed and vice versa and it's and it's great but i love that fight and i think um i mean if thurman really really wants to to really take the sports world and the division by storm that he will face them next. I mean, logic says that he'll take a two in a fight and then fight fight them in, in, in twenty what do we mean, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, early twenty eighteen. But you know I just you know, I mean if he's an old school fighter and he's in you know, both guys, I mean Garcia and and uh, give all the credit in the world. Garcia and Thurman seem to be the type of people who who kind of want to prove that old school style and be that old school type of fighter. I mean, Thurman will take on the winner of that um, in terms of business and being young and not uh, not uh, uh, being impressionable and business being first and foremost. I assume we probably wouldn't see that fight. Uh, the winner of Brooke versus Spence against Thurman until 2018. Well, we only got about six minutes or so left, so let me throw you out there with the, the, what else is going on with the Walter Bate, uh division. Now uh, Thurman is the WBC uh, champion as well. 
uh, WBA, you also have Lamont Peterson holding a title after his, his victory. Uh, maybe he fights that guy. Number one contender in the, the WBC is Amir Khan, but he's fighting the WBO champ, uh, Manny Pacquiao, Timothy Bradley, dare I say. It is still at the top of <laughs> a, a, a lot of these uh <laughs> the, the, the the visions uh the, the sanctioning bodies i should say uh and, you know the, the you know tune up fight i mean you know some interesting uh guys uh, i think a thurman uh peterson fight would be uh great as well uh but if he passes up on that winner but uh, when you got, you know, Jesse Vargas is the top guy you got uh Andre Berto and Sean Porter fighting each other in April uh, a lot of people think, uh, and then, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I would say I'd rather see a Thurman Porter rematch than a Thurman Garcia rematch. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's interesting stuff there. But, uh, you know, logic dictates we don't know what's going to happen since uh, Thurman's a guy who was a one trick pony last year. I mean, uh, I mean uh, is he going to be eager to, to get back in? I mean, uh, you know, this that fight was in June with Porter. This is a little earlier in the year. So I. I, I think it would be tragically bad for him not to fight the rest of the year, but uh, you know we still have a lot of promising, uh, good stuff there. Not in not Manny Pacquiao or Amir Khan, though. I think that fight. I mean, it, it's funny how they were teasing that fight and they were teasing Amir Khan with, for years with both Mayweather and Pacquiao. And maybe I'm wrong for saying this, but now that nobody gives a rat's ass about it, except for the bigger, except for their fan bases, uh, we're getting it and uh, they expect me to pay for it. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in terms of uh, Thurman, it depends on his management team. Well, how are they going to see this fight? Do they see a guy who, do they see a guy who didn't do so well and he needs to look good in this next fight? Then they're going to find somebody he can look good against his fight. Or do they say he didn't look good in his fight and he needs to prove himself against a top-notch, top-notch quality fighter? I mean, logic will dictate that he should fight a top guy kind of to, you know, because of, you know, Garcia and his team has been, they're spewing that they won the fight and, you know, a, a lot of people are going to say that Thurman won, but he didn't look so great and blah, blah, blah. Logic will tell you that he's going to fight some guy who's three or four notches below him to look spectacular to set up a fight in 2018, you know, and build it up into like some sort of big money fight where they can put probably put it on pay per view. So, I mean, back in the day, <laughs> that, that that wasn't the case where you know you would take on a lesser fighter to build yourself up. You would take on the next guy the next best guy just to prove who how good you are and that you had an off night. This time I think Thurman's going to uh, Thurman and his management team cuz it's all about business. They're going to find some guy. They're going to find some guy that he can beat, look good against and and then set something up for for 2018 because it's all in their eyes it's all about the longer play, right? It's all about the it's it's all about the bigger better deal down the line, the biggest cash out and strategy and whatnot. So that's my prediction. He's gonna he will get in he will get in the ring again in twenty seventeen, but it will be against a guy who's not as good. They're gonna build build up his opponent as best as they can and then they're gonna do the payoff sometime in twenty eighteen. 
Well, the WBA number one contender is Tiwa Karam, who's probably uh, the best kept secret in boxing. Uh, you know, mm. undefeated guy from Thailand, 37 0, 28 knockouts. Uh, whether he's any good or not, I have no idea. He's fought exclusively in uh, Thailand, but, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of guys, uh, whether or not they got there legitimately, I don't know, but uh, champions defending against uh, guys in the top 10 before they pursue that next big money fight, so maybe something like that might happen. Uh, I don't think uh, the, the, the Thailand fighter would have to certainly come to the States. Thurman's not going to Thailand anytime soon, but uh, you know that, that's a scenario that might happen, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know, but Good night. I, I thought it was a good night. Uh, nonetheless, not the fight of the year candidate uh, we were hoping for, but certainly not uh, not a letdown, I don't think, uh, at all. No, uh, not by that. A lot of skills no. and, and, and all that kind of stuff on display. So uh, well, so there you go. We're, we're approaching the end of the show, Mr. MBG, uh, although we can go a little longer if you want to go in the uh, – archive section of it. Uh, I don't know what else you want to throw out there. I know you've had some uh, some feuds uh, going on. I don't know if you want to settle any scores or uh, talk about any good uh, plagiarized articles you might have read recently. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that was an inside joke. The second that you wrote that, I knew it. That's why I said it. It was an inside joke. But uh, what's, what's going on with you? Are we, uh, can I count on you to be a, a Come back to be a regular contributor, since I used that word before, uh, on the show. Or are, we, uh, are you going to be like Thurman? Uh, come on the show once every year. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, I've been scarce the last the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be no Brock Lesnar who comes in every three or four months to 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 make the crowd pop or whatnot. I mean, I lost my love for boxing a little bit, just a little bit. But you know what? You're the type of guy, an honest guy, a guy who loves the sport, tells it like it is, absolute, down to its core, true hardcore fan. You always make me fall in love with the sport again. That's what I love about Zoot's Boxing Talk, right? I can, I, I can be frustrated with the sport, hate the sport, love the sport, but... You are the guy who always brings me back, right? I'm like I'm like Michael Corleone. Every time I think I'm out, you you zoot suck me back in, brother. So, and you know what? I mean, I'm it's it, it's a it's a little it, it's a little frustrating, but I, I I see some, you know, I see I, I see a little I see a little inkling coming back in terms of. Of excitement here, you know. I, I to be honest with you, and I've told you this before, I haven't been excited uh, in terms of the upcoming crop since you know Miguel Cotto. But you know, some of these guys really, 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 um, are really good time to get back into a lot of good we've a, Yeah, we've had a lot of good flights. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm out there. I know I, I know I I appear to be out of the game, but I'm I always got my pulse on it. I'm always I'm always keeping on. You know, I'm always following guys like Rick Glazer and and Coyote, and I know you don't like him, but Steve Kim. <laughs> I don't know what your issue is with him, <laughs> but you Steve know, Kim. I, uh, I don't yeah. have that. I, 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 I don't I know. 
I, I'm not I sure. I got, a, I got a PM message that didn't seem too nice. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was on my pulse. Oh, I, uh, I had an issue with his dopey comment about the guy getting into the uh, motorcycle accident. Uh, oh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that was. But uh, that was other than that. Uh, other than uh, that, I, you know, I you know I don't really I don't really follow him, but I I don't really uh, you know dislike the guy. I don't know him. Uh, yeah. You know, but you know what? I, I mean, guys like you and and Johnny Raz and you you guys are the ones who, who keep me back. And I and I got to tell you, I mean, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing so far this year in 2017. So I mean, I mean, maybe the Pacquiao Mayweather fight kind of <laughs> made me a little. I don't know, but well, I always is, have my pulse. Was, I always have my pulse on. I know. I always know what's going on. I'm keeping up, and um, you know, like I said early in the year, maybe boxing IQ will make a little bit of a comeback. We'll see. Well, you know, I'll certainly be a contributor if you if you want to do that. Uh, I'll certainly write for you again. It was a pleasure doing it. And uh, absolutely, you're 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 the one of the best. You're you're probably the best. So. But what about my boy Pete the Heat Barry? Now that now that's a guy I could honestly say I don't like. A total douchebag. Is, is, he's still alive? I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> you need to you need to ask RC about that, brother. Because <laughs> I, I have I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> I haven't spoken to him since uh, he called me an ass clown for uh, I don't even remember what. But uh, uh, yeah, I know because he he fucked up. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> he messed up. <laughs> You messed well, up and I want mean, to blame other people, but all right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, and Ronald Cameron was a good contributor. He's been on the show once or twice uh, in the last year or two. I'm trying to get him on. Uh, he's busy, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, he's got some stuff going on, yeah. So he's he's, he's he's very busy. But he's doing he's doing all right so far, as far as I know. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I don't think he yeah. would lie to me. <laughs> But I know, I, I you know, I know what will really bring you back a Floyd, the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight coming to fruition. That would yes, it's, it's finally nice. It's nice to know that there's actually an MMA guy who's dumb enough to go into a sport that he has no, he knows nothing about because it's always boxers going into going into MMA. Mm-hmm. I I don't get it. I mean, just because I mean, okay, you're washed up. In boxing, you think you're going to fare any better in MMA? It doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, I don't know. all right. I mean, it, this is interesting to me because uh, it sounds like a lot of people want to see it. I don't. I don't. You want know, I've never been. This, a, you, know? you know, I've never really been. I mean, I've I've always appreciated Mayweather's style. I never liked his attitude, but. You know what? If, if this fight were to actually go down, I would be going hard, 100% supporting Floyd in this fight, just to show that you know this sport. Well, I mean, if it would, if it ever came down to McGregor beating him, I mean that that that, that would be you know for a lot of boxing people the the ultimate uh, you know body blow so to speak. But uh, you know, I I have issues he won't beat with him. it because. <laughs> I know, but if it ever did happen, I mean that that would be uh, unbelievable. But uh, I mean, I just hope it doesn't happen. I have no interest in it. Uh, I think it's a sham. I, I, and then I have a big of issue with May- yeah. I have a big issue with Mayweather because he can fight any one of these top guys if he wants to come back. But he says this is the only fight that interests him because he can make a hell of a ton of money for it, and he knows he has no chance of losing. It interests him because he he wants to like I mean. 
mean, you, you haven't made enough money. Give something back to the fans. Where's your Keith Thurman moment? I mean, what, how much does this guy want to shatter more pay-per-view records? And, you know, he, he, he's the greatest capitalist of all time in terms of boxing because, I mean, he knows McGregor has a huge fan base in, mm-hmm. in MMA. He always he always gets a million-plus uh, pay-per-view vibes when, he, when he's on a card, and that's not that's difficult for UFC cards. They didn't they don't typically go over a million, but he he has consistently gone over a million oh, lately, and he knows he'll get all those buys, and that's why it interests him, because he's cha-ching, 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 but uh, uh, he, he won't risk it against a, a Thurman or, or a Spence. How come those fights don't interest him, but this one does? And I don't know why nobody is not asking nobody's asking him that question what interests you about right. a fight you know you have no idea losing you know you could charge probably 120 120 30 bucks for this fight people will buy it people who have no money will, will scrape for it and uh, you'll laugh all the way to the bank and that's what interests you go screw yourself <laughs> how about that it's getting late BG. i don't care no how about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> How about that? I mean, it, that's what gets me. You know, McGregor, he's got nothing to lose. He'll make a ton of money. And uh, you know, if he loses, then nobody's going to – I mean, he's already lost on, in, in MMA. So he's not even like yeah. he's an undefeated or an undefeated. So, so it's like it's not even – but, you know, he has star power and Mayweather recognizes that. So uh, there you go. Well, MBG, yeah. uh, I don't know if you – unless you have anything else to close with, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we'll be back on the air next week on uh, March the 9th. I already got a couple of good guests lined up. Randy Gordon will uh, be joining us. Uh, and, uh, I don't want to reveal any of the fighters I got lined up because you never know what's going to happen. But uh, <laughs> sooner know. rather than – I'll tell you off the air, but I don't want to announce it now. But, uh, you know, so did, 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 did Mayweather Sr. ever come on or that guy from who promised that he would come on? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> No, I mean a couple. Of times I got an issue with that guy. I haven't heard from that guy in a long time. Where are you? Oh, Richard. Where Powell. are you? Huh? Everyone, Richard Powell. I haven't heard from him in a long time. Every time Main he had dropping his... fight saga. Come on, man. <laughs> Every time he had I'll do a little Barack and... Obama. Come on, man. Where are <laughs> you time... now? Every time he had senior set up, something fell through, and I just told him, you know what, forget it. This guy keeps can't. I don't. I don't. But this is for you. I don't care who it is. I'm done. I'm done. Remember I, when I, mean, I walked off the show that day? <laughs> I do. I do. It's funny because the only post I've seen from him in recent memory was when the issue came up with if Tom Brady supported Donald Trump. That's the only time. <laughs> Responded to any of my nothing dreams. about boxing, just football, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why he's so interested in Tom Brady's support for Donald Trump, but that's the only time he chimed in to anything on my page. So I don't know what he's doing. Nothing. That's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, why I never accepted him. Unless you want. To. <laughs> Unless you want to start any more wars with people, uh, are we done here? Is there anybody else you want to throw under the bus? Uh, no, you know who you are. If you're watching the show, you know who you are. You know who you are. You, you know we were we were connected, and you and you acted like a little bitch and and unfriended me. That's all right. You know who you are. I took the high road the last time. Next time it won't. You'll see. <laughs> 
Ah, well, we got to talk to more. We got we got to talk more about this off the air because I didn't know anything about your connection to this person. Well, I, I don't I don't know if he has any other friends other than people on Facebook or social media or whatnot. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you got to tell me. This, I mean, he thinks he knows more story. than the Mad Boxing Jesus. Come on, man. <laughs> well, nobody does. Well, we know that, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, MG, we could talk more off the air, but uh, I don't know about you, but I want to uh, crawl yeah, well, up I just want to say, you know, it was feet. great to it was it was great to be on the show again. Best show, it like literally, no joke, best show on the world, most honest show, straight up, no twist show on on the face of the planet about boxing. All right, hopefully we can get uh, more people to get on board with that. We get a bigger audience, and uh, sky's the limit. But uh, we'll keep on punching, Mister Mad Boxing Genius. And yes, I'll sir. say goodnight to you uh, for now, and until then, we are out of here. Until next week. It was a teenage wedding, and the old folks wished them well. You could see that the With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.